Oh, hi. <laughs> Didn't see you there. This is Benjamin C. Cholock, professor of universal truth at Princeton University, letting you know that this episode of I Learn Nothing is brought to you by Kurgis. Kurgis are 100% wool felt slippers, handmade by an all-female art collective in Kyrgyzstan, one of the poorest countries in Central Asia. I'm currently wearing my royal lilacs, and my feet are currently saying thank you in between gasps of ecstasy. Not only are these slippers the most comfortable things in the known universe, they also benefit the women of Kyrgyzstan by providing financial independence, safe working conditions, and a stake in their own future. The slippers are made of wool felt in a tradition that's thousands of years old. Let me tell you, these ladies are experts. Go to kyrgyz.com, that's K-Y-R-G-I-E-S.com, and enter promo code NOTHING in all caps for 15% off your first purchase. <laughs> now that's incredible business. Treat your feet to something nice and in the process redeem yourself in the eyes of God Almighty after a lifetime of sin and regret. Trust me, I went to Princeton. Again, that's kyrgyz.com, K-Y-R-G-I-E-S.com, and enter promo code NOTHING in all caps for 15% off your first purchase. You lucky devil. International. Welcome, one and all, to episode 89 of I Learn Nothing, a philosophy podcast for idiots. My name is Benjamin Kulo Cholak. I am uh, the Pinche Gabacho of philosophy at Princeton University. Hell yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> here to teach my good friend, Patrick John Dean, a little bit about life. Yeah, you, you've been teaching me about philosophy, but really, uh, the life lessons are what I'm taking away the most from this. Yeah, from this experiment that we've been doing. Yeah, this this disastrous experiment. It is not the best experiment, but <laughs> the, you know, the Patreon. I like that we have two experiments going on. The se- the, the one that is already a disaster is the Patreon. Yeah, and complete then this one disaster. Is just, yeah, also a disaster. Just two disasters. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Amber Bixby times two. Yeah. Two disasters. <laughs> yeah, the double disaster. The double disasters. She called her dog the little disaster. <laughs> what a woe. Uh, I was about to say something mean, but nope. <laughs> How the hell are you, you motherfucker? Uh, I'm doing fine. Feeling fine. Fe- you're looking pretty good. Yeah. I don't see your nipples today, so that's we're already off to a good start. Oh, that's good. Okay. And You know I can't control those. I think you can. <laughs> you think I can? Really? I think Can you control your nipples? No, but I'm not as in tune with my body as you are. Well, what, what? <laughs> okay, well, speaking of being in tune with one's body. Gross. Uh, that's a little bit of what we're talking about today. Oh, great. Uh, in a tangential way. But nice. I want to <laughs> get back to this issue of, wait, what do you think I can do with my nipples? I just feel like maybe you can't control them, but you know how to flaunt them. 
So do you think I could just turn them on and off? No, is but that, I, I feel like you take too much pride in them to not have a certain level of control over them. I don't, t- but I can't control them at no, all. No, because whenever I complain about your rock hard nips, you always get this look of just like satisfaction on your face. Like you look, you're, you're well, so I, happy to have nipples like that. Well, I just think, I just like that you're bothered by them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause fuck you. <laughs> they're, they're my nipples and I can't control them. Um, I, oh they God. do what they want. <laughs> uh, I, when I was in high school, uh, my friend Kathleen's little brother was this uh, like little kid or whatever, mm-hmm. and he would call this kid Chris. He would call him Nipples because I guess he had like big nipples or something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What do you mean big, like pepperoni nipples? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Well, mine are the opposite of that. They're. Like, I know. Yeah. They're compact and they're made for pressure. <laughs> they're yeah. made to withstand wear and tear. Well, because they have no surface area, basically, because they're basically just like the like diamonds. Or chocolate oh. chips, you know? It, oh! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, welcome to our philosophy podcast. Ah, damn. <laughs> we're, we're, I think we've started off talking about our my nipples. Many like, times. At least, yeah, probably twice in a row, though. Well, yeah, wicked well, I nips. I don't remember the last one. At least, I don't know. We, we get into very extended and detailed discussions about my nipples yeah and i don't like i don't like doing it i just feel like i have to well you're the one doing it you're the one who i brings know because who else is gonna I bring never it up bring the it only up. one here how could you bring it up you're not even looking at them <laughs> okay well let me ask you a question what do you think about when you see my nipples uh i think about death i think about uh the the, the heat death of the universe that will eventually destroy it um, I think about the Big Bang and whether it should have happened. Uh, I think about <laughs> a lot of things, Ben. Wait, do you think about those things? Do you like imagine them? They come to my mind instantly. Just death. So when Just you see my nipples, you think of death. the the heat death of the universe. Yes, something that you can't imagine. Because how do you, how do you imagine the heat death of the universe? I just imagine you know, a universe on fire. But that's not that's the opposite of what that is. What do you mean? The heat death of the universe is when the universe just eventually cools down. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, and comes to a stop. Are you sure? I'm <laughs> pretty sure. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Well, yeah. Spen. Well, so the theory of what happens to the universe uh, or how it's going to end basically is it's very anticlimactic. It basically just means so everything is just going to drift apart because the Big Bang started in one center, right? And then exploded, and then it pushed everything out to the limits, and it's just gonna keep going until basically everything just kind of falls apart, and it'll just be <laughs> heat. Death means the heat will die. There'll oh. be no heat in the universe anymore because things aren't moving around anymore. Well, it's not a very, it's not a good name. I, you know what? I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the best. No, heat death sounds like it. It sounds radical. It sounds radical. <laughs> Like, it sounds kind of cool. It sounds, like, tight. It sounds fucking tight as hell. Yeah. Like, like if I was already dead and I was a spirit and I was just watching this, I'd be like, this is... This rules. Pretty yeah. cool. It's, like, the best fireworks ex- fireworks display of all time. What if you were about to have your first kiss and then heat death happened and the universe died? Well... Right wh- as you're going in for that first smooch. The real... Oh, man. Lips. Wait, so that's a very interesting question because what are you thinking about? Do you th- Are you talking about you have your first kiss... Uh, yeah. when heat death happens the way you think heat death happens or the way scientists think heat death happens? I guess scientists. I don't well, know. Well, then that would be like the saddest thing in the world because since everything drifts apart, yeah, falls your apart, lips would your lips would never drift. meet and then you'd fucking go back. Yeah. And then you'd be alone forever. <laughs> forever and ever. Forever. What you, what, yeah. Yeah. What, and you, then des- your, what you deserve. And then your atoms would disengage from your body 
and you just drift into this like weird cosmic Ouch. dust. Sounds painful. I guess it would be. I don't know. I have no idea, though. I mean, it had to be, right? If your atoms came apart. Yeah, but I don't think you'd be alive at that point still. I think I'd be. <laughs> yeah, you you would be? I have a will to live. Okay. Fucking. <laughs> All right, Nietzsche. Fucking calm down. <laughs> um, The overman. Yeah. I guess. Do you think of yourself as the overman? No, no. I think of myself as the as the as the <laughs> the underman, the submerged man, <laughs> just submerged in the sea. Yeah, just surrounded by water. I man, can't drink. I'm sinking, dude. I'm oh, sinking out I'm there. I'm fucking sinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, you know what was interesting? Um, do you know what he said after he uh, said he was sinking? No. Uh, uh, Nietzsche, do you know what he said after he published that book? What he said, book? He said it's what o- book? He said it's over, man. <laughs> what said, book are you talking about? What book did he publish? Um, after thus which he said that spoke Zarathustra. <laughs> okay, that you know what I'll give that to you. Yeah, fuck very, you. I'm glad you know the title of that book. It's he has in Watchmen. Yeah, oh, that's, of the, only, it that's is. the only reason I, I've never read that <laughs> stupid thing. That guy loved Nazis. Remember? Who Nietzsche? Yeah, remember no, we covered didn't. that. Well, God, you really don't learn anything. <laughs> you haven't. Le- you've learned nothing. I'm just saying he fucking. You know, he didn't. God, we have to do. I think I want to do a, a a Nietzsche part two. Okay, and like clear his name because there is. Well, you so- did clear his name. Not really. I think you single handedly. You. you single handedly cleared his name. Like like people were like they're writing new articles about it. Like he's being reassessed now because of that episode. I mean, as much as I'd like to take credit for that, that was not me. No, that was you. That was all you. No, dude, that was Walter Kaufman. Who? <laughs> Walter Kaufman. Oh, fuck him. What's his fucking deal? He was a, uh, a Nietzsche expert also. Uh, he's a colleague of mine at Princeton University. Oh. And Well, not anymore. He's dead. He's dead as fuck. Good. Um, he's dead as fuck, fucker. Um, but, <laughs> but he was like the first guy to translate Nietzsche uh not the first guy to translate Nietzsche into English, but the first one to translate Nietzsche correctly into English, oh. and then also interpret him and be like, "This guy's not a Nazi." Oh, okay. And he's like, "You guys are absolutely misinterpreting him." And also, most of his later writings were completely fabricated by his sister, who was an anti-Semite and weird budding Nazi. Sounds like my sister, <laughs> an <laughs> anti-Semite and a budding Nazi, <laughs> <laughs> and she has a bunch of fake uh, jokes that that. I supposedly wrote that she's going to publish um, on my untimely but pretty quickly coming up death. Wait, what? What? <laughs> what do you mean she has jokes that you, you wrote? No, it'd be funny if she tried, like, after I died in, like, two years, it'd be funny if my sister oh, whoa, whoa, tried okay. to, like, publish, like, a, like, like my book of jokes. Yeah. It's all jokes that she wrote. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all just, like... It's called The Will to Joke. <laughs> the Will to Joke! <laughs> What if we started the showcase and called it the will to joke? <laughs> do you think people would get it? or do you It's think- just all Jew jokes. <laughs> what if we pitched? Yeah, people in this town love like gimmick shows, kind of shows yeah. that have a hook. What if we did a show a- at the Velveeta Room and it'll just be all a- all anti-Semitic shows? <laughs> Everyone has to wear a really bushy, bushy mustache. Yeah. Like Nietzsche. But to our credit, we like advertise it as such. Like, look. <laughs> Don't come to the show if you're if you're if you know you're gonna be upset, Offen- offended by these eight by these nineteenth century anti semite jokes. Yeah, the show's an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> How many comics? Uh, let's see, hour twenty. Uh, 
My McRae is definitely on there. Yeah, we'll put, we'll put McRae up there. <laughs> He'll host it. We got Luke McClory doing a set. You know, we'll have all, all, all the all-time greats. Stephen Farmer. Stephen Farmer? Yeah. yeah. Who else looks mad Aryan? Uh, now we're just getting who way else, too... We're getting, who else hates Jews in the Austin comedy scene? Way too inside. <laughs> Talking about people who have never been on the show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. pricks. So, what's the deal? So, what the hell are we learning about? I'm I'm aching to learn. You're aching? I'm aching. What is well, that? you know why I'm aching. But beyond that, <laughs> something we talked about before we... You can't fucking do that because I can't talk about it. You know I can't talk about it. Why not? I don't know. Is it okay for me to talk about? You don't have to say what... Um, <laughs> why don't you fucking... It's very gross. Why don't you lead this conversation? No, I, no never. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right. Uh, Sorry, guys. Pat had a fun na- na- night last night. Mm. So anyway. <laughs> now, uh, well, how did you feel when, when that happened? Like, was it nice? Yeah. It felt good? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I just want everyone to know that what went down was okay <laughs> for both parties. Okay. So. A mutually agreed upon decision. Was this a new a new experience Oh, for you? it was new. It was new? Yeah. But uh, but enjoyable nonetheless. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, now... <laughs> How many times have you thought about it since then? Uh, how uh, constantly? Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just getting to. I, I'm I'm using that to frame our discussion. For My today. mysterious evening. Yeah, your mysterious evening. Uh, what we're talking about today is uh, basically. W- uh, let me ask you one quick question. Would you say that what happened last night was mm. phenomenal? Yeah, I guess. I mean. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty phenomenal. We're, we're talking about phenomenology today. What? Phenomenology. 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 (laughs) This is phenomenal phenomenology. Okay, so here's how we begin. (laughs) Phenomenology is a fairly new um, discipline slash field in philosophy. Hmm. Much like my uh, musings. Yeah, much like your musings. That That assesses, describes, and tries to explain... Uh, subjective experience in a comprehensive and objective way. Okay. Rockin'. Okay, sure. Yeah. So this was invented by this guy named Edmund Husserl. Whoa. Okay. What's his name? Edmund Husserl. Okay. Okay. So guess what country he's fucking from. Uh, let me, let me think. Your, uh, the fatherland. Yeah. Well, not quite but close enough what the same fatherland that hitler came from honestly oh really mm-hmm. so he was born in uh, april 8th 1859 in this place called moravia which doesn't exist anymore what <laughs> because it used to be part of the austro-hungarian empire crazy right uh and he died uh april 27th 1938 just in time Wow! Yeah, <laughs> just in time. He got out while the getting was still good. There's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it was already getting bad, but he got <laughs> he got out before it got worse. Oh, okay. Um, him and Freud are uh, are two are two Jews who <laughs> who got out before it got worse. Yeah. Um, they both died in 1938, and they thank God <laughs> did not live to see what would happen to their ilk afterwards. Man, they um, would have been so upset. They would have been pretty, pretty fucking pissed. And actually, there's a bit of a history here. 
<laughs> there's some there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of history there, and there's also some drama that goes on between Husserl and uh, our boy Heidegger. Really? Who, who I hate, and you forced me to teach you about. Oh yeah, on one episode. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, so that's what a fun show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where that's this guy's like lifespan basically. So what he started out as was um, uh, a mathematician, and also. Uh, kind of dabbled in psychology and then he sort of fused that shit together to write a lot of shit in philosophy and he specialized in this new way of thinking called phenomenology so phenomenology 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 it's it's the study of phenomena okay remember the l cool j song it was no. like something like a phenomenon what uh-huh uh-huh yeah <laughs> i don't remember, remember that song something like a phenomenon LL Cool J, ladies love Cool James. I know, I know what LL Cool J stands for. He's a rapper. For. He's also an actor. Yeah, I know. Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No? Got- well, he had that song, Deep Blue Sea. My head is like a shark fin. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Deep Blue Sea. My head is like a shark fin. No, it's not. Wait, that's not a metaphor. Like it's got to be a metaphor, or it's not. Like what is it? My head is like a shark fin. I don't know. Like even if it's a metaphor, what does that mean? It has no brain in it. I don't, I mean. <laughs> I, d- like, I mean, what I don't does know. That mean, like, I know, I, I, it. Obviously, he doesn't mean that literally, right? His his head is not literally a shark fin. <laughs> well, so, you don't know. But so, <laughs> no, I do know because I've seen him. <laughs> I've seen LL Cool J's face, and it's not a shark fin. But, <laughs> but what does he mean? Hold on. Okay, so I'm looking this up. <laughs> the um. <laughs> The name of the song for the Deep Blue Sea soundtrack is called Deepest Bluest, and then in parentheses, (laughs) Shark Fin. (laughs) That has to be like one of the, that's, that movie is probably the dumbest movie of all time, right? Oh, it's my hat is like a shark fin. My hat? Well, still, that still doesn't make sense. I always thought it was my head is. I thought, I always th- I thought he was saying, "Deep blue sea, my head is like a shark fin." That's I've thought that for the last fifteen years. Well, okay, granted, that's way dumber, but like, still, what is what is heart, or what? Why is his hat like a like a shark fin? I don't know. I'm like, that still doesn't make sense. Why is he wearing a shark fin shaped hat? Okay, so what I'm looking is that. Okay, <laughs> what I'm looking at is. There's this web, that website uh, like Rap Genius or whatever, mm-hmm. and so I looked it up, and it took me. I guess it's a reference to like one of his earlier songs, where he says, "They call me Jaws. My hat is like a shark's fin." And then they oh, because an- I see the hat coming, and they're like, I "Oh guess. no!" Yeah, the annotation is that LL is vicious with his rhymes, just like a shark fin poking out of water. He's ready to attack when he's wearing his hats. That's so lame Early in his career LL was almost always seen Wearing a black or red kangle Those hats could resemble A shark's fin When seen from the right angle Huh Kind of But not really They're fairly flat Deepest bluest Shark fin (laughs) Okay So we gotta get off this But anyway Let's do an episode About LL Cool J Alright That'll be a Patreon Um so f- phenomenology. Wait, what's the what's the LL Cool J song that you just quoted? The phenom- something something about like a, ph- a phenomenon. Yeah. Something like a phenomenon. And the chorus is just something like a phenomenon. Something <laughs> like a phenomenon. My head is like a shark's fin. Something <laughs> like a phenomenon. He just has it in every single song. We just never noticed it before. <laughs> I'm gonna knock you out. 
My head, my head is, is like, like a shark's, shark's fin. fin. <laughs> okay, wait. So what is? I need love. My head is like a shark's fin. <laughs> doing it and doing it and doing it, yeah. Doing it and doing it. My head is like a shark fin. My head is like a shark fin. <laughs> I have my head, not my hat. My head. Yeah. Okay. So when you hear the word phenomenon, what do you think of? What is a phenomenon? I, when I hear the word phenomenon, I'm not kidding. I think of that song. Really? Every single time. Okay. <laughs> So aside from that, bracket that for a second. Sure. All right. We'll come back to El Cool Jam. Yeah. So when you hear the word phenomenon, um, what do you think it means? Not not what you think of, but what do you think phenom. it means? A phenom. I think of something that is uh, that it can't be compared to anything else because it's how good it is. So it's Maybe. unique in some way. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know you need unique New York. You know you need unique New York? Yeah. You ever heard that before? Yeah, I know. It's one of those like improv exercises. Yeah. Yeah, like Irish wristwatch. Yeah, I'm a big improv guy. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? All right. Um, so phenomenon, the way it, the way it's actually defined <laughs> in English. Well, actually, there's several ways that could be defined. So a phenomenon is yeah something like no other. So you see, like we call like a some hot new rapper, <laughs> right? A ramper. You know, one of these hot new rappers. One of these hot new rampers. tearing up the charts. Yeah, he's a phenom, right? He's a phenomenal ramper. Yeah, he's phenomenal. I love how he ramps. <laughs> well, what makes someone phenomenal? Um, phenomenal. It they uh, <laughs> they have to be like really they're like like the, the pinnacle of what they're doing. Okay, so they have to be like really good. They have to yeah. stand out somehow. You're a phenomenal uh, baiter. Baiter? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? You know, masturbating? Okay. Baiter. Pat just for the right. Pat just did the the, the jack, jack off, off motion. motion. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so like, yeah, so someone who is like so good at masturbating that Ew. that that it goes, it cannot go unnoticed, right? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to do is basically get circle around the actual definition of the word phenomenon, which is basically just the uh, the appearance of of something to the appearance of how something is to experience. Right. Like uh, the original Greek word that's based off of just means uh, phenomenon. appearance. No, it's just phenomenon, actually, in, in Greek. It's the oh, same really? exact word. Yeah. Uh, it just means like appearance, basically. Or phenomenos, I think is what it's called. But it's, it's like it's appearance. It's like what shows up. My name is phenomenos. <laughs> I am here to destroy your planet. Well, no, they you wouldn't will get far bow to phenomenos. They wouldn't get far because they're. No more powerful than just what our senses can describe it. Why was I programmed to feel pain? <laughs> well, we don't know if there's anything there there that was actually programmed. Phenomenus, the robot? Yeah. All we know Phenomenus. is just what we see. We see this fucking lame-ass robot. Yeah. This gay-ass robot <laughs> just being like, hey, we're going to destroy you. I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're a piece of shit. <laughs> you fucking stupid-ass robot. You're probably not even real. It's probably This is probably in a dream. Yeah. Or a distant memory. <laughs> Or my twisted imagination. Or a delusion. Right? Hello. <laughs> Do not unplug my CPU neuronet processor. I will die. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you. Do not spill water on me. I will short circuit. <laughs> I am Phenombros the robot. Okay. So Phenombros sucks. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool. I guess. I, I, mean... think, I think he's the newest Lanolax character. Okay, <laughs> Phenombrus the the robot. That's an old character, though. Is he? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I've I've heard that discussion before. Oh, really? The uh, yeah. Please do <laughs> that. That begging. I've heard that begging before. 
please do not pour water on me or I will die. <laughs> That's just something that me and Mike Lennon would say in high school. We just thought it was funny to talk like a robot and say things like, like, I do not understand human emotion. <laughs> what is love? <laughs> well, will you be my friend? What is friendship? <laughs> I will be loyal and serve you for many years. Okay. So, <laughs> so Phenombros? Is that what Phenombros. Phenombros. This sucks. <laughs> what a horrible pretty, name. Horrible cool. name for a robot. <laughs> Phenombros? Okay. So, does Phenombros, the robot, does he have any sort of subjective experience at all? Probably not. He's a robot. Well, actually, oh, hold on. Uh, let, let's, well, let's find out. No, I don't. <laughs> I am not capable of having a subjective point of view as I have been... Programmed by a human. Okay. I wonder if anyone likes this bit. I don't know. I don't, it's, it's new, so let's try mm. it out. But Phenomenal. here's the thing. So do you think that only robots or, or only humans have subjective experience? Well, that they're aware of. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the definition of subjective experience. It's something that you're aware of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if robots are in pain, can, can a robot be in pain? Only if they're programmed to feel to pain. feel pain. Yeah. So if they if they're programmed to feel pain, don't you think that feeling pain is a type of of subjective experience? Um, no, because when you're programmed by somebody, if you're if you're a robot and you are being uh, programmed, right? Uh huh. I feel like there's no way for a robot to have its own real personality because there's gonna be part of its its create its creator will still have some kind of influence on it, you know. Okay, but if you're if they program the robot to feel pain, how is it not feeling pain then? I don't know. Because I'm not feeling... a robot expert. Okay, but you when know you say... what I'm an expert on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> but stop smiling and nodding at me. All right, but you know what I'm talking about. I know. I'm. I know what you're talking about. You know, just... Um. <laughs> you okay, when you say forward, when because like if you surprise them. The... They're like, whoa, what is this? And you're like, oh, you know what it is? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> this is so problematic, no, dude. it's not. <laughs> Why is it problematic? Okay, well, so when you do I'm that. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about the f- the physical expression of love. Okay, when you, <laughs> when you express your love, you feel a certain way, don't you? <laughs> well, they do. Well, do you, though? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Now, when you say you feel something, anything, right, where do you feel that? Do you feel it objectively? Yes. Do you feel it subjectively? Well, actually, I don't know. I guess it's kind of subjective, right? Feeling? Yeah. Well, I, I want you, I have an answer for it. What is it? But I want you to explore that first. I don't think that's Just necessary. like you were explored last night. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think it means when you say, I felt something? Uh, I mean, what I think it means. Yeah. It means you fucking, it's just something that you, it's, it's a a thing or a experience Mm -hmm. that you feel physically. Sure. But you can feel things mentally too, right? Yeah. Like emotions. That's kind of my big problem. Okay. The brain. (laughs) But either way, you're feeling them. Yeah. They're happening on this side of your face, right? Yeah. What? Sure. They're happening on the inside of your face. Oh, yeah. 
right? When you feel something, it's when you whenever you feel anything, it happens on the inside of your body. Right? Yeah, uh yeah. <laughs> In a manner of speaking. Sure. <laughs> okay. Can and you feel anything? Literally. Can you feel anything that happens to something outside of your body? Can you feel what happens um, to Tim if I kick him? Well, uh if you kick Tim the cat hard enough to create a shock wave, I would feel that. Okay, but you'd feel the shock wave. Yeah. You wouldn't feel me kicking Tim. No. Right. Okay. So what does that tell you about feeling? Uh, well, it means you're a sociopath. No, it doesn't. That, because... The act of me doing that means I'm a sociopath. Yeah. But the the entire concept of feeling something, does it make sense to attribute it to an objective source? Yes. Okay, then I, I I think you don't know what I mean. Well, I was just guessing because okay. I, go- I don't know what you're asking me. It's also you were guessing, and it's a it's it's a yes or no answer. Well, it's a fifty fifty so shot. 50/50. So I was like, hell yeah. But I mean, I had fifty fifty shot of getting it right. But, but then you, again, you know what, Ben? You miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. That's absolutely true. All right, that is absolutely true. But we're not talking about probability. Just here. like what happened, uh, the story you told me. <laughs> yeah, she well, didn't miss that shot. No, she didn't. <laughs> She right in. Yeah. <laughs> Slam dunk. It was a swish. Um, <laughs> ben has had a strange experience. So strange experience. Yeah. Right. Do you have any idea what it was like to have that experience? Well, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But so now you do, you know what it's like, but you don't know what that experience, what that experience was like no. for you, right? No. Because only I can have that experience. Yeah. Okay, and equally, I have no idea exactly what your experience was last night. Only you know that. Yeah. Right. Is that true or not? Sure. Okay, but <laughs> interesting choice of words. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing: so phenomenology <laughs> deals with our own subjective experiences, yeah, and how to analyze them. In a scientific way, as best as you can. Okay? Uh, So when it comes down to something like feeling or judging or perceiving, like think of these verbs, right? Feeling, judging, perceiving. Who's doing that? Who's the subject of that action? It's always I, right? Yeah. Or at least least that is the subject that has the most privileged information. Yeah. Yeah. About those experiences, like it's I, got the most white male privilege. It has the most white male privilege. Well, I guess sure. I do of, of of the two of us. Yeah, I'm slightly less privileged than you. Hmm. <laughs> wow, what? Where? I never thought about that way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know how like the the calculations work, but oh, so you're like you're fifty percent privileged. I'm like, well, I don't know. It's it's tough to say. I mean, that's a different discussion. But like, <clears throat> what your your race theories? Ben's theories on race. Yeah, we can do. Hey, tune into our Patreon to listen to my oh no weird race theories. Nope, uh, I don't think we need to have that topic discussed. <laughs> Ben's theories on race. <laughs> they just like tune in, and it's just like you know what? They're all great. Yeah, that, that's the end of the episode. It's yeah. Like, well, thanks for your money. It's a two-minute episode. Thanks for your five dollars. In case you were curious, we're talking about our Patreon disaster. Five dollars a month gets you a bonus episode a week ben isn't that something i something teach you about things as opposed to you teaching me about 
one topic, philosophy. Yeah. I teach Ben about comic books. I teach him about <laughs> weird historical figures. Yeah, about historical know? fuck-ups, like like that guy who went was lost at sea after he realized he fucked up a... A oh yeah, global he everything. A global race a around global the world. Race, yeah, Ugh. what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's actually very heartbreaking. All right, so phenomenology is basically the study of like our subjective experiences, uh, but trying to categorize them and analyze them in a way that's basically regular and consistent. So I know how much you like to keep regular. Yeah, well, that's another thing. I mean, like when you're irregular. Right. In that way, in the French way. Uh, like, h- how does that feel? It feels bad, right? Uh, yeah, it feels confusing. It feels confusing. <laughs> you feel betrayed. It feels like it's never going to end. Yeah. Um, phenomenology's task, basically, is to try to figure out uh, or not even figure out. It's just trying to like kind of map the terrain of what human experience is like without worrying about uh, whether these experiences are, are thoughts, our feelings, our emotions or our judgments or perceptions, uh, you know, match up or correspond to any sort of like objective or real world objects, right? Yeah. So like, if I'm thinking about a unicorn, and I'm let's say, hey, that unicorn looks pretty sexy. I kind of want to fuck this unicorn, right? Sure. Well, let's say you have that thought. Who hasn't had that thought? We've all had that thought. And actually, if we all have that thought, it's even easier to sort of test against whether this is, you know, what, what the what the defining attributes and uh, uh, characteristics of that thought are. Right. So like when you are horny and, and you want to fuck a unicorn. Where did this come from? I Just now, just like two minutes ago. OK. Well, let's say you want to fuck a unicorn. Sure. Right? You see a unicorn and it strikes you. It, it yeah. It looks I, good. I fancy it. Yeah. You fancy this unicorn. I fancy it, love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oi, in it. <laughs> in it? Yeah. Oh, brov. Oh, I fancy that bird with a horn. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> it's equine. It's equine. Oi. It's equine wants a shag, isn't it? Get an equine to sit on me face. Yeah. So At me father's funeral. So let's feels say. like so, English people are always going to their father's funeral. Doesn't that seem like a thing? Yeah, it feels like a thing. I wonder what's up with English dads. They're always dying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. Okay, so you wonder about hey, English dads. I'm expired. Good boy. Okay, let's say. Love ya. Let's stay focused. Hold on. So you want to fuck this unicorn, right? Oh, right. Let's stay focused. So back to the unicorn fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the unicorn, does it exist or not? Is there such a thing as unicorns? Um, I don't believe so. You don't believe so. So when you're horny for a unicorn, no. what are you, like, are, are you horny for an actual unicorn is the unicorn exist or um, is this in your imagination? It could be one. I could. It could be either one. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know either. I've never been. I've never been horny for a unicorn. Okay, but so if you've never been horny for a unicorn, I can't believe I'm almost thirty-five and I've never been horny for a unicorn. Well, what are you horny for? I'm not getting into that. <laughs> you just stop asking these questions. That's what really horns me up. All right, <laughs> let's let's go another route. All right, let's let's kind of chill out. Um, so you get horny for the New Jersey Devil. Okay, sure. Are you horny for the New Jersey I'm New not. Jersey Devil? I'm not. It doesn't exist either. I don't think. Okay, but but you could be horny for it, <laughs> right? In the right state of mind, you like know? you could imagine a couple drinks in, and right? But also horny. You, you could imagine a Jersey Devil that looks pretty, 
pretty good, right? Pretty good. I suppose. Okay. Like maybe <laughs> maybe this, this Jersey Devil actually has huge tits and looks Damn. like Salma Hayek. What on earth? I mean, would you say no at that point? So it's the Jersey Devil with like weird wings and yeah. stuff, but it's Salma Hayek. But it's Salma Hayek. Like like I, Desperado I, Salma Hayek. Okay. Um, I think I'd be too weirded out to perform. Okay, that's fine. But like whether you or not you can perform, Ew. you would still kind of desire her, right? Probably. Wouldn't you be a little interested? I would be interested. <laughs> okay. I'd be, you know, I want to be interested. I'd be intrigued. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, fine. So you'd be intrigued. I mean, wh- you're intrigued with that New Jersey devil. Yeah. And you're thinking about, I don't know what you're thinking about. You're being like, oh, I don't know. I wonder if uh, she's anything like the real Salma Hayek. Or uh, I wonder if like, you know, maybe we could uh, get some coffee first. And then, this is uh, so weird. And then, I'll, and then maybe I'll work up my confidence and then, you know, I can go to town. Right. Ugh. So you're thinking about this. Okay, I guess I am. Okay. So when you're thinking about this, the entire time this Jersey Devil, who looks exactly like Salma Hayek, except she has weird bat wings and like uh, cloven hooves, uh, this object does not exist, but it does exist in your mind, right? It exists in your imagination. Yeah. If if it didn't before, it definitely does now. Now that I've told you about it. Yeah. Okay. So now that you're thinking about this imaginary thing what phenomenology is trying to say or it's trying to like get you to do is think about that thought without worrying about whether the object of the thought exists or not don't worry if if jersey devil who looks like salma hayek (laughs) exists or not yeah think about what's in your head okay and how it makes you feel and the fact that you're feeling these certain things it's something that's privileged to you and not you, you can't like blame anyone else for it. You can't say that anyone else feels the same thing because they probably don't even have the same object probably in their not. heads. They, I'm sure that no one has ever thought of a Jersey Devil who looks like Salma Hayek before. Yeah, I guarantee you, no one has. Yeah, because you're a sick individual, Ben. <laughs> it takes a certain level of sick, a special level, okay, of sick, <laughs> to come up with such a horrible f- concept. Okay, but who the hell do you think you are? I know you're not taking this seriously right now, but but when you're when you're about to go to bed later and, you know, your your thoughts are, are wandering as yeah. you drift off to sleep. Try to think about this and try to remember how you feel and what you think about this whole scenario of you fucking the Jersey Devil who looks like Salma Hayek. Yeah, okay. I will definitely be thinking about this for a long time. <laughs> OK, good. So. That's the important part of of phenomenology. It's it's trying to basically isolate what makes this type of thought different than most of your other thoughts. Like maybe you see your shoe and it's untied and you go to tie it, right? And so what what do you think? How do you feel when that happens? What do you judge? What intentions do you make? Um, When that happens, what I think to myself is, if only I was wearing my pair of (laughs) Kurgis... Slippers, folks. You know the deal by now. Go to. They've decided to re up with us. Can you believe that? We've somehow not. Oh, we they destroyed have? our relationship. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Otherwise, we're just giving a free commercial right I now. I know that's what I was saying. I was like, hey, have they paid us more? Because <laughs> I think so. We'll figure it out. Look, All right, folks, they get a freebie. So that's K Y R G I E S dot com dot com. Use the promo code nothing in all caps, and you get fifteen percent off. Ben. 
Your these, first purchase. The first purchase. These are simply the finest indoor slippers. Indoor slippers <laughs> known to man. Though they do have outdoor slipper versions. Oh yeah, they do. I yeah. think I actually have that version. You have an outdoor my, one? My Royal Lilacs? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they mean and Ben, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but when you wear those Kurgi slippers, doesn't it feel like your feet are being kissed? Yeah, every <laughs> nook and cranny, every nook, every foot nook and cranny. Yeah, the biggest cranny known to man. Yes, Ben's feet. They feel like they're just being serenaded by the lips of angels. So yeah. go to it, Kyrgyz.com, K-Y-R-G-I-S.com, promo code NOTHING. I call them my foot sirens. In all caps! They, they, they lull me to sleep. They wake me and they, then they drown you and then they drown me yeah they drown me in in ecstasy yeah and i have nothing to complain about wow yeah. so do it friends the experience is is it's phenomenal phenomenal the experience is phenomenal all right <laughs> so speaking of kurgy slippers uh the the experience that you have when you slip on those luxurious oof kurgy slippers Ooh. those oh, hand made Felt slippers in the tradition of thousands of years. Wow. Right? When you slip those on and you're transplanted hey to another world. That those that thousand years? Worth the wait. Worth the wait. It was worth the wait to to experience the way these fucking slippers <laughs> kiss your tootsies. Oof. Right? The way that that feels. So you're getting lapped up by a dog. Yeah. The way that that feels, <clears throat> I can't translate to you. Right? I can't tell you about it. I mean, I can tell you about it, but you'll never actually experience it just from my telling you no. about it, right? You have to buy them for yourself. You have to wear them for yourself, okay? Now, whether these slippers exist or not, let's say you're caught in a simulation, right? Yeah. Like the brain in a vat. Let's say you're a brain in oh, a vat. Oh, no. Yeah. You're, let's say you're a brain in a vat and <laughs> this fucking uh, grad student who has kidnapped your brain... Is trying to like slip on these slippers onto I the hate that guy. onto the base of the um, uh, of the vat that you're held in, right? Uh, you don't really feel anything, right? Because it's not like you know, it's not feeding any input into your brain. But as soon as he sticks that Kurgi's electrode into oh, your brain and makes you feel like your imaginary self is is slipping on one of those slippers, then you feel fucking amazing, right? Yeah. Okay. So. What phenomenology does is it basically says, let's not worry about whether we're a brain in a vat or not. Yeah, let's just not worry about that because it's a horrifying concept. And if I find out it's true, I'm busting some heads. Sure. Okay, yeah, fine. And so what they say, too, is is there's plenty to learn about uh, our own condition as humans just from how our experiences present themselves to us, whether or not they're backed up by real uh, objective objects in the real world. Okay. Yeah. So that's why they they make no so phenomenologists like this guy Husserl, uh, they don't make a real big difference or distinction between imaginary objects or real objects or things presented to us through perception or things presented to us through memory or things presented to us through imagination or nightmares or <laughs> dreams or fears whatever it is, we still experience things. Whether the things that are causing the experience are real or not. 
so phenomenology is trying to uh, understand the landscape of what our experience brings to us. Okay. Whether or not they come from the outside world or from our own <laughs> fucked upness. Sure. Okay. Um, and they try to kind of map regularities between them. Uh, one of the things that they or that Husserl kind of talks about, and uh, he also gets this from his like predecessor, the guy who kind of came up with a lot of the same ideas before him, but like he he kind of <laughs> isolated them. Uh, this guy named Franz B- Brentano. <laughs> Franz Bentano. Franz Brentano. Franz Brentano. <laughs> Who is what? Yeah, who? What is, who is this? He's this fucking Austrian priest. What? Who uh, was born in uh, on January eighteenth, eighteen thirty eight, and died in March seventeenth, nineteen seventeen. Okay. Uh, he was <laughs> uh, this kind of like weird priest who also was like really interested in psychology, and came up with all these theories about like, uh, just how like you know our subjective selves, our egos, like interact with the world around us. Okay, Uh, and Husserl took his cue from this guy and Heidegger took his cue from Husserl, basically investigating what like our what the landscape of our experiences are as we live our lives. Right. Before that, before them, a lot of philosophy was was trying to deal with, well, how do we know about the outside world? How do we know about like the objective world? Well, how do we been? Well, so I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> I mean, like, people have tried to know. Like, the empiricists say that we know it through our sense perceptions. Uh, the rationalists think that that shit is, like, programmed into our brains already. Yeah. The phenomenologists came up with this phenomenal answer where they say, don't worry about it. All we have to worry about is is how experience is, is brought to us, whether that's backed up by... Uh, by some sort of objective source doesn't really matter because we're going to experience it anyway. Yeah. So if you're a brain in a vat, you're, you're probably never going to know that you're a brain in a vat for sure. Right. Unless you're fucking Neo or something. Yeah. Like, which I, and I'm not, I know I'm yeah. no Neo. <laughs> I'm no, I'm Neo. the Neo of lying down. <laughs> I'm the chosen one of taking naps. <laughs> well, think about like, think about like, if you're worried about that, are you worried that, that you're a brain in the vat? No. You're not? No. Why aren't you worried? Um, Because if I, I don't, I just, that seems highly improbable. Uh, and also, if I was, fuck it. I mean, what am I, I going to do? Okay, so Rebel? the phenomenologists go the second route. They go basically, if you are, fuck it. How would you know the difference anyway? Right. And, and you know, it's you're not going to, you think your life's going to be better <laughs> when you break free of the vat? No. <laughs> no. It's going to be so much worse. You're going to be a fucking naked brain flopping around like a fish and being like, I'm Neo. <laughs> I saw the Matrix once. So now I'm going to defeat all the scientists. <laughs> and then they just like stomp on you. Man, I would fight so many scientists if it turned out I was a brain of the vat. Would you really, though? Yes. I don't think you would. I w- if, I, if, if, I, if I came to life and realized my whole life has been a lie... And this grad student who has so much student loans out <laughs> that he'll never repay. That dumb motherfucker 
has me strapped down and he's like manipulating my thoughts and stuff, yeah, I would fight him. Okay, but if you're a brain in the vat, you're literally a brain in the vat. So oh, what right. are you going to fight him with? Um, I could tr- just try to lurch forward and try to hit him, but I guess it wouldn't really with work. With your brain? Yeah, <laughs> I'll just try to batter him with my brain. My, my famous brain batterer attack. Okay, that'd be a cool BattleBots uh, design. The brain batterer? Yeah. But anyway, so that aside, Husserl and this guy Brentano, uh, they ki- they don't necessarily advocate for this, but they're sort of on the side of saying, "Hey, fuck it. <laughs> you're never gonna. You're never. Even if you are a brain in the vat and you get loose somehow, like what are you gonna do? The ah uh, fuck it to me that sounds like the most Irish thing." Ever. Well, it's like, I remember being at my, my, my uncle's funeral and I was like talking to his brother, my other uncle. I was like, yeah, it's pretty sad. And he was just like, ah, it's a bitch. What are you going to fucking do? I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> kind of. I mean, like, yeah. I, I honestly, I'm not even Irish and I do that a lot. Like, yeah. when something bad happens, I'm just like, eh, it, it doesn't matter in the greater scheme of things. No. <laughs> no. And it doesn't. But, like, that's the thing. Well, that's another interesting thing about that. Like, how do you deal with grief? You know, it's phenomenology covers everything that happens to you like your experience so if you're feeling bad or if you're feeling sad or if you're feeling mad well i know what you do i know what you do when that happens what do i do i fuck no i don't oh no ben the never mind you did you did i know i was referenced to our finger i was trying to covertly reference our shared oh okay (laughs) but that's not what i do that's why it's such a funny joke I guess, but you got to fucking, hey, much like that fucking experience, yeah. you have to fucking warn me first. <laughs> Man. I like how we started people, off subtle. I don't wonder so much about this. I think it's pretty obvious. You think so? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, what else could it be? I want to I want to put a po- a poll on the on the Facebook page sure. and be like, can you guess <laughs> what we're you talking about? You know what? About? I'd rather we just let's just forget this ever happened. I don't <laughs> think we need to bring that to attention. Okay. So anyway. Um God's a fucking lawyer and he laughs like that. I know. There's this uh uh, today, one of our listeners like uh, forwarded me a tweet of someone that they follow that says like, uh, like, oh, man, I'm looking for like uh, any sort of like podcast host who doesn't know anything about philosophy. Uh-oh. And uh, well, and, you know, I just want to hear what their reactions are <laughs> to. That's our podcast. Crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so I That's retweeted funny. them. Uh, but this guy is also like uh, the guy who tweeted it is this guy who <laughs> is like a grad student in philosophy. Oh. and is like going for a Ph.D. And not, so I'm a little scared to be like. Yeah, I'm also like completely unqualified. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we, I think we make it pretty clear that we're both unqualified. I'm unqualified yeah. to learn. No, no one's unqualified to learn. Very good point. Well, no, I think I I am unqualified to learn. Unqualified? Yes. Okay. Well, whatever. We're, we're doing this anyway. I know. I'm breaking the law. Much to my chagrin. <laughs> it's a ele- you know it's illegal in Texas to teach someone something that they can't <laughs> learn. <laughs> um, and Texas is wild. Texas is wild. <laughs> okay, but so go back to everything that you, almost everything that you've said in the past five minutes. Like Texas is wild. You you say that. Why do you say that? Do you believe that? Yeah. Oh yeah. You believe that? Yeah, dude. So, okay. So your belief. So this that's a thing that you're producing basically is this belief that your yes. head is producing, and it's about Texas. Mm-hmm. It's about this 
<laughs> enormous, it's my, my weirdly no- shaped yeah. <laughs> area. Yeah, and you're talking about my head when you say that. It's all... Yeah, yeah. It's the Enormous, same weirdly shaped area. <laughs> Patrick's right. head. So it matches Texas pretty good. I'm Patrick. I'm Patrick. Um, so when you're thinking about Texas, and you're also thinking about Texas, that it's wild, that it's insane, that it's filled with <laughs> just lost people and <clears throat> and uh, people who who have ambitions bigger than their abilities or people who have no ambitions at all or people who wish that they were fucking cows. I don't know. Like what is with you and fucking weird things? This what episode. You, what do you mean? Fucking cows. Oh, and no, not, fucking not unicorns. Fucking, not, and not actually fucking the cows. New Jersey devil and whatever it is that we both shared. Well, whatever it is. Okay, fine. We can talk about that. Like my beliefs about that. About unicorns. And fucking cows. Sure. Well, what do you? What do you? What are your thoughts <laughs> and on and the Sal- Salma Hayek looking Jersey, Jersey devil? devil? <laughs> the dumb podcast. I, yeah, I mean it's really dumb, but it's trying to. I'm trying to illustrate something, which is that we have these like uh, thoughts and beliefs and judgments and perceptions about things, right? Whether the things that they're targeted towards exist or not doesn't really matter for phenomenology. What matters is that there's this, there's this directional. Uh, uh, mental act going from you, from your experience or from your ego towards these thoughts. And these thoughts are backed up either by uh, by real objects, right? Like they could be just like the, the objects of your perception. So the microphone right in front of you, the computer you're staring at, uh, the beer you're drinking, right? Uh, or they could be about Salma Hayek, uh, in the form of uh, the Jersey Jer- Devil, which is non-existent, right? I she hope does, so. She does not exist. <laughs> or about the events of last night, which are not present to you now, but you have the memory of them, so you're going back to them, right? That's still an object of experience. Uh, there's, uh, you know, your hopes of that repeating in the future, right? So you're thinking about the anticipation of, you know, Oh, right. Yeah. In the future. Sure. Uh, that doesn't exist at all, right? Because it hasn't happened yet. But well, it's still... When, so- you, well, when you were 19, it happened. When I was 19 and it happened... Well, so now... So when it happened, I had a certain feeling about it, right? Now, now looking back 14 years later, <laughs> I have an entirely different perception of it. Or not perception, a memory of it. And not only that, but I've assessed it differently, right? Because the context of my time, of my history from that point to this point has matured me (laughs) and has informed me so I can judge that act now in a different way than I judged it then. Sure. Okay. But the, the, the strain or the consistent like theme throughout is just how I project my own existence onto uh these events or objects that occurred outside of me right and that's the only thing that we can ever really get a grasp on and so the only thing that we can really know which is what phenomenology is trying to get at is how how these subjective experiences things like thoughts feelings emotions uh, judgments, perceptions, um, 
imaginings, anticipations, all that stuff, stuff that comes from from here, from me, out towards someone, something else, anything else. Uh, phenomenology tries to bracket and describe all these different types and categorize them in different types uh, so we can at least kind of know what kind of terrain we're dealing with when we're consciously experiencing our world. And so that kind of made this new, this totally new and distinctive method in philosophy that's different than like logic yeah, or ethics or epistemology. <laughs> Piss. Piss. <laughs> and the thing, the overarching theme of all of them is this thing called intentionality. Intentionality piss. and piss, yeah, and piss. intentionality and piss. <laughs> so when you think when you think of something, yeah, <clears throat> you can't think. Can you think of nothing? Yeah, you can. Hmm? Okay, who do you think you're fucking talking to? <laughs> but I don't see. I don't think that you can. Yes, I can. Okay, what is what is it that you're thinking about then when you think of nothing? Nothing. You just breathe through your nose. Okay, so what are you? In, you're in a meditative state. I guess so. Yeah. And you can literally think of nothing. Yeah. All right. So I don't believe you. Why? Because I don't think anyone can do that. Yes, I, I do it. I do it. You just you just can't do it, so you think no one can do it. You think, okay, but when you think about w- nothing. Yeah. Are you thinking at all? No. You're not thinking brain at all. Your brain is gone. Your brain is totally gone. All parts of the self have been destroyed. <laughs> well, then, if that's true... Then you have reached a level of enlightenment that only like <laughs> the most practiced yeah. uh, Dalai Lamas have ever attained. Because well, ultimately, something disturbs us. Well, it, I guess it is. Well, not now you mentioned. I guess I may as well announce it. I have been chosen as the next Dalai Lama. <laughs> that would be nuts. That'd be so cool. <laughs> like, what's up, guys? And then, what do we keep doing the podcast? So it's me, someone who majored in philosophy like eleven years ago, teaching the Dalai Lama, teaching the future, the new Dalai Lama. Yeah, right. And you're just being there, just so patient and oh, like, yeah. kind about and I'm it, just like smiling. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, you know, I I gotta say, China I really tries to kill me. I do not believe you that you that you can think of nothing. Well, that's why you are such a miserable person. Maybe it is, and that's probably true. Okay, but I still don't believe you. <laughs> I'll do it right now. You're not though. Nothing. You're not you're not thinking of that. You're thinking of oh great, I'm proving Ben wrong right now. Nothing. <laughs> I swear. All right. Well, fine. So I've gotten good at it. I guess you're a philosoph- philosophical anomaly. You're both a someone who funny and handsome. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> someone who has chosen to be born. Yeah, and I just choose to be born. <laughs> and also someone who can think of nothing. But anyway, so th- that's that's not the that's not the best point to make. My point is basically, whenever you think, whenever when you do think of something, you're pointing your thought or you're pointing your like consciousness at yeah. something. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't just like have conscious. You can't just be conscious of nothing. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. So that's that's a problem within even within ph- phenomenology and Sartre and Sartre or Sartre. Sartre. Yeah. Kind of talks about that because he wrote this book called. <laughs> guess what it's called? 
What? Being and nothingness. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, he talks about how Sucks. it's a logical impossibility to... Well, no, Bertrand Russell thinks that it's a logical impossibility to think oh, of nothing. Oh, well, if Bertrand Russell thinks it, I guess it must be true. Well, he smashed, so I trust him. Actually, start Smash too. Yeah. They're both a couple of Smashers. They're Smash Brothers. <laughs> they're actually like... They're, they're basically like... The Mario twins. Yeah. I was going to say the... um, What's it called? Ice uh, Climbers. The Gandalf and... um, Gandalf. What's it called? Who's Ganondorf. The guy you, oh, yeah. Ganondorf and Mr. And Mr. Falcon. Is it Mr. Falcon? Miss, I'm sure his name's Mr. Falcon. <laughs> is it, what is Who it? Who would play a video? It's Captain Falcon. Captain Falcon. Okay. Who the <laughs> fuck would play as a character named Mr. Falcon? <laughs> Mr. Falcon belongs on a fucking watch list. <laughs> so Gryffindor and Mr. Falcon are, are fighting, and it's basically it's Bertrand Russell. Bertrand Russell is is, is Gryffindor, and uh, Ganondorf. <laughs> You know his name. Sartre, he stole the Triforce. And Sartre, and Sartre is uh, Monsieur Falcon. <laughs> you know, okay. there was this um, anime that this guy, Chris, I knew this guy, Chris, in, uh, uh, in college. Chris he was this rhymes bi- with piss. He was this big, fat kid. Uh, and we were <laughs> okay. buds. Uh, and he would just like watch anime all day long. Yeah. And for a long time, his MySpace photo was Wait, just- he, he watched anime and he was fat? Get out of here. I know what. Uh, and he his for a while his MySpace uh, profile picture was like like him wielding a katana while wearing that like hat that Raiden wears. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, the like the right that rice patty yeah. hat. Yeah, so, which is like kind of I, I mean not at the time, but like looking back, if a white guy wears that, that is really not a good look. I guess not. Yeah, <laughs> I guess not. Um, but basically the point is that it's an anime where there's a character whose name is a uh, Monsieur Cheeks. And he's just a, a walking butt cheeks, <laughs> and it is the funniest. Oh, like Assy McGee, yeah. You know that show Assy yeah. McGee. He's just walking butt cheeks, but he has like legs and arms and like a face, but it's like a face on a butt. I don't remember what it's called, but it was a it was Wait, really is weird. Like, is, it, is his torso a butt? Like his entire... torso is like the cheeks leading up to like the. Okay, but so there's like a head, like just kind of perched on top of the butt cheeks. No, there's no head. The head oh, is like no head. the eyes are like on the butt cheeks. <laughs> okay well jesus christ isn't that something yeah that is something <laughs> here look do you want to see him yeah sure come here okay <laughs> one sec <laughs> that looks awful he's so muscular that's really gross <laughs> that also that looks like krang from or not krang who's who's the brain that lives inside of that dude in ninja turtles that's krang that's Krang, yeah. but is Krang the brain or is Krang, Krang is the brain? Okay, well, <laughs> it kind of looks like that, Mister Cheeks, Mister Cheeks. Um, that's awful. Okay, here's how we wrap this up. Um, phenomenology was basically the one thing that. Um, well, stop giggling. What, so are you I just looking at the fucking. I'm looking at guy? Mr. Cheeks, and uh, apparently, uh, in Japan, uh, his name is Puri Puri Man, which translates to from the Japanese literally as angry smelly man. <laughs> you know what's his? What's, okay, his, so af- apparently his catchphrase was "Let's get to the bottom of it." Ah, <laughs> he's just walking butt cheeks. That is so weird. That is really weird. Yeah, the guy's name was Chris. <laughs> who introduced me to Mr. Cheeks. Well, okay. 
let's we got a little we got a little bit left heard all right <laughs> so let's wrap this up so phenomenology was basically the one missing component that existentialism needed to launch itself as like a big intellectual movement in the 50s in in the 20th century um the way that happened was basically so kierkegaard remember we we talked about kierkegaard mm-hmm. churchyard the saddest the saddest boy yeah <laughs> saddest boy in european philosophy yep <laughs> he um so him and nietzsche right the angriest boy in, yeah. in philosophy uh so you got sad boy and angry boy and they and they had a lot of they had dude so many opinions <laughs> about life and how to live it yeah i got some opinions yeah um but they didn't really have a systematic way to present it they were just like oh these are my intuitions about like uh you know uh god and uh choice and freedom and the jews and morality yeah the jews and came up a lot they came up a lot in european philosophy God, what the hell is their problem <laughs> who the european the european of uh, the, the the philosopher like why is why is everything about philosophy in europe in the last 70 years all come from nazis what is well the they deal? don't no, they don't come from Nazis. seems like a lot of it no the, the last 70 years they come from french people well, it well, seemed British like people. they were super into that for a while. The Germans was well, so okay. This, we have to do. We have to go back and go through the, the history of philosophy in Europe because there's a lot of shit going on with Jews and. <laughs> so I've heard <laughs> they also participated. All right, so it's like it's not just like they they were excluded, um, but that's complicated, and we have zero participated time participated in philosophy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, most of them. I mean, Herschel, the guy we're talking about is Jewish. I thought for Was a split Jewish. second, I thought you were saying something. I thought you're. Never mind. All I right. thought you were saying that that they participated in like killing Jews. And I was like, well, well the Jews could participate in yeah, killing Jews. Like, I don't know what you're talking about now. Well, that kind of did happen. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's really? a sad story. Oh well, yeah, there was there was a yeah in in so okay. I guess let's they, get into they, it. Like, dime some people out or something during the Holocaust. Yeah. Uh, you could get privileged treatment or better treatment if you like ratted out other Jews who were like trying to escape and shit Jeez. like that. Yeah. And uh guess how many Jews did that? Enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean Which is like also like that sucks and uh it sucks that they did that, but also uh how sorry to blame them. I mean I don't know. How how well would you do under the Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know? I would yeah. I would I would like they they'd kill me because I wouldn't stop talking about Mr. Cheeks. <laughs> I'd be like, stop talking about this. Yeah, but he's a walking butt. <laughs> and they're like, this is why we he's, call your art degenerate. He's literally a walking butt. Like, if you just <laughs> Google Monsieur M- Monsieur Cheeks, he's is he French? I guess. <laughs> okay. I mean, it'd be funny well, if he wasn't. Okay, so let, let me finish. This. I have to finish this. So, okay, Husserl was Jewish, right? Nice. He was, uh, yeah, and he was, um. The I forget what what position he held. I think he was like rector or something like that. It was some some fucking arcane position at the University of Freiburg, and his uh, his <laughs> main what? Why are you giggling? At I'm just Freiburg? looking more pictures of Mr. Oh, okay, <laughs> Mr. Cheek. Um, his main his his like biggest student, like physically his biggest student. No, <laughs> his <laughs> his, uh, <laughs> his most influential student and the one who admired him the most. Uh, the guy who basically was like sort of his apprentice or his like, you know, uh, heir uh, was this guy named Martin Heidegger. 
who we've talked about before. Yeah. Okay. My old friend. Yeah, your old friend, the Nazi. Oh okay. yeah. So Husserl, Uh-oh. who was Jewish, who even though he was born Jewish, but he actually converted to Lutheranism like halfway through his life, uh, because he got really into Christianity, which is kind of weird, but whatever. Um, that didn't save him from being fired by the Nazis when they took over and basically stripping him of all credentials and he could never fucking teach again, all that shit, because he was born Jewish. Yeah. Um, even though he was like, but I'm Lutheran now. And they're like, we don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, are you? <laughs> basically, yeah. They were uh, like, are you? I'm sure you are. <laughs> now hurry up, Mr. Cheeks. Yeah. And, and so what happened instead was they appointed his student, uh, Heidegger, as his uh, as a successor to be like the rector of University of Freiburg. And this guy, Heidegger, uh, was not Jewish, joined the Nazi party. <laughs> without thinking twice about it, um, basically started publishing his own philosophy, which was heavily, heavily, heavily influenced by Husserl um, and didn't really give him credit. So Heidegger published his book called Being in Time, which is like the biggest concepts of all time. <laughs> Being in Time. It's a book called Being in Time. Guess how long it is. It's long. Yeah. <laughs> his dedication, he wrote it in 1927 before the before the Nazis took over, he dedicated to Husserl. And then when they appointed him to uh, to be the rector of Freiburg or whatever, uh, he removed the dedication. Oh, really? Yeah, because he couldn't he, he can't dedicate his book to a Jew. Oh, no. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but anyway, what happened was after that, um, you know, Heidegger had to sheepishly apologize after the Nazis lost. Uh- uh, <laughs> although he actually never he, he never technically apologized he tried to like explain why he became a nazi based on his own philosophy which like a lot of people were like all right like fuck you yeah buddy um but he still influenced a ton of people like derrida like um uh what's his name foucault mark david chapman mark david chapman sure what are we gonna learn about him his philosophies i mean we could is he the one who uh, cited uh, Jodie Foster as the inspiration for his Mark David Chapman. No, he he, he murdered uh, John Lennon. Oh, Hinckley. I'm thinking of Hinckley. Yeah, Hinckley is the one who was obsessed with Jodie Foster. All right. Anyway, but the point is, existentialism kind of needed this one little key, which was basically like, how do we, uh, you know, explore the terrain of our own choices of our own subjective experience uh, and phenomenology gave them a, a way to do that systematically. Yeah. Um, and that kind of helped. And so there's like a lot of different types of phenomenology. Now uh, there's this guy, <laughs> this French dude named Mar- Maurice Merleau-Ponty. Whoa. Who's a uh, super French, as you can tell. Uh, and he, I think he was actually, actually Eskimo brothers with Sartre too. Um, but he came up with this, type of phenomenology called embodied phenomenology which is like you know analyzing the ways that your body interacts with the world and how that influences how you know things about the world yeah and stuff like that so anyway there's more there's more to go into there but i think we're out of time bitch hell yeah (laughs) well you know another insightful episode (laughs) we've learned a lot about each other we've learned a lot about ourselves and we've learned a lot about the state of humanity. 
I think that's the point of phenomenology, ultimately. Yeah. Is understanding ourselves by exploring our inner worlds. Yeah, and I think I understand everything perfectly now. Yeah, I mean, you've had your inner world, you know, explored pretty recently. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, folks, thanks so much for checking out I Learned Nothing. Folks, again, go to kyrgyz.com, K-Y-R-G-I-E-S, Dot com. Dot com. Use nothing in all caps to get a 15% discount off your first order. Uh, what else? You can find our, our, our Patreon as well. Mm-hmm. Our Patreon is what we call it. A Patreon disaster. Five bucks a month gets you four new, at least four new episodes a month. All right? Yeah. Five if we're feeling froggy. If we're feeling pretty froggy. <laughs> um, find us on uh, online. I'm at uh, DeanManP on Instagram. Ben is at... Gristleporn. G-R-I-S-T-L-E-P-O-R-N. Same thing on Twitter. Ben is Gristleporn. G-R-I-S-T-L-E-P-O-R-N. And I'm at Pat Dean. You can find us on there to hear our musings about, uh, you know, whatever's on our minds. Whatever, Whatever's going on. Oh, there's stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, brother, now. <laughs> uh, also, folks, um, please go to iTunes. Leave us a uh, two-word review. Just two words. Uh, it can be eat book or it can be uh, Pat Diabetes. <laughs> not even a cogent sentence. <laughs> no, it doesn't really work at all. Um, but. but if you could just leave a word of feedback uh, with a five star review, it helps Please. us a lot. Uh, also, you know, we're available uh, on Facebook at I Learn Nothing, Twitter, I Learn Nothing, Instagram. Man, let me tell you about Instagram. Son of a bitch. We haven't, uh, you know, we've we've tried to show some clemency uh, over the past month or so. Try to have some cleans. Yeah, but we we, we can't abide this any longer. Uh, we're going to find the cock sucker who stole. I learned nothing on Instagram from us. We're going to right uh, out of our hands. Yeah, we're going to kidnap him. Uh, we're going to drug him. We're going to change his identity. And then uh, leave him at a mental institution where he has no idea who he is or how to get back home. Until then, you can follow us at I Learn Nothing Podcast on Instagram. Please do it. Please. We're begging you. Uh, folks, as always, the truth sucks. Time is a son of a bitch. And if you're not Catholic, you're going to hell. Oops. Oops. <laughs>